You're listening to the Top Knots and Double Shots podcast, where we believe every woman deserves to be happy, healthy, and totally fulfilled. We're breaking through the mom guilt, quitting that negative self-talk, and diving into how to find your joy, your passion, and your tribe. I'm your host, Amanda Masterson. So throw your hair into a top knot, grab a cup of coffee, and let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of the Top Knots and Double Shots podcast. So today I have an episode that I'm super excited about for you guys. Productivity, that's what we're going to talk about. Let me start by asking you a question. Do you wish you were more productive? Do you have goals that you haven't yet achieved or goals that you have placed on the back burner of life? Do you feel like you are always one step behind and your days rule you? Yeah, me too sometimes. I think we have all probably felt like this at one time or another. So how can we change that? How can we escape this land of non-productiveness? Or maybe I should say this land of not productive enough. I'm glad you asked. Today, we are going to talk about three things that are destroying your productivity. Three things that you probably haven't even suspected. So grab a cup of coffee, throw your hair into a top knot, and let's chat. The first thing that I'm going to talk about, and maybe the most important of the three, is your beliefs and your goals. Let's first define a belief. A belief is simply a thought habit that feels like fact. But hear me when I say this. Your beliefs are not fact. You may have a very strong feeling of certainty about your beliefs, but that does not make your beliefs fact. Okay, now. Everything you do in your life, every action you take is driven by your beliefs, every single one. And every action you take, you take in order to either avoid pain or gain pleasure. Still with me? Okay, let's go back to your beliefs. Your beliefs are formed from past events. So follow me here. If your beliefs are based on your past events and your beliefs drive your actions, Your actions produce your results, which further prove true your beliefs. Let me give you an example. Let's say you believe that you can never get the house clean. You believe this because you have never kept it clean in the past. So your belief causes you to, let's say, avoid the laundry, one part of keeping the house clean. I mean, why try when you can never keep up on it anyway? Your action, which is avoiding the laundry, which is actually an inaction, ensures you will keep living in a mound of laundry that never makes it back to the closet, which further solidifies and proves your belief that you cannot keep a clean house. Now, this is just one example, and it's a general one, but I think you get it. So, based upon that example, you have a limited belief that says you can't keep the house clean and the laundry done. Now, here's the thing. The strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent with what you already think you are. And so when you hear something that challenges your beliefs, even your limiting beliefs, your guard automatically goes up and we start looking for a story to prove our limiting belief true because as humans, we hate being wrong. Do you see how your limiting beliefs or your beliefs in general are contributing to the destruction of your productivity yet? 
If you believe that you are not productive and productivity can come in so many forms, maybe it is being productive with your mornings and getting your workout and your devotion in before the kids wake up. Maybe it is keeping the house clean. Maybe it is working on that goal that you set for yourself. Maybe it is getting a paper done or submitting a project to your boss at work. But if you believe that you are not productive, you're going to act in ways that support this belief. Let me give you an example. Let's just say that I do not believe I can fit working out and devotions into my morning. I am too tired already. I do not get enough sleep as it is. And my kids are crazy in the morning. You will act in accordance to your belief. You will not set your alarm for an hour earlier. You will not move your alarm across the room so you have to get out of bed to turn it off. You will not skip that extra Netflix episode so you can go to bed earlier the night before. And all of these things are huge barriers to being productive with your morning. Because now when your alarm goes off in the morning, you reach over and you hit snooze. And you hit snooze again and again. You stayed up way too late watching TV. So now you have zero energy to wake up and work out. Your belief that you don't have time and you can't fit those things into your morning drove your actions the night before that actually set you up to fail when it comes to your mornings in general. You also set your goals based upon your beliefs. If you do not believe you can achieve something, you are far more likely to either not set a goal at all or to set what I call a safe goal. A safe goal is a small goal that you know you can hit because you have hit it in the past or maybe because it is only marginally greater than what you have already accomplished. And so you set a safe goal and that is all the farther that you strive. Let's just say I set a goal to lose four pounds in a month. Now let's say that I have done that before. I know I can do it. And it really does not require that much of a life shift from where I am. So I start working out a few days a week and give up my pot. Boom, goal met. Now, let's say I set a goal to drop eight pounds in a month. If I'm going to achieve that goal, I'm going to have to step it up. I'm going to need to go all in on my workout to maximize my calorie burn. I'm going to need to clean up my diet too and not just give up the pop. Maybe I should not be eating that donut every single day. If I take massive action towards my goal, I will achieve it. I will have to be productive each day or at least most of the days. So not only do your beliefs affect your productivity because you are subconsciously always looking for a story to prove your beliefs true, but your beliefs affect the goals that you set and the goals that you set determine how hard you work towards those goals. So I am giving you permission to dream big to dream unrealistically. Before you can really do that, you need to identify your limiting beliefs and squash them. So how do we do that? I'm gonna tell you. Step one, identify your limiting belief. Now this is harder than it sounds sometimes. And if you tell me that you do not have a limiting belief, yet you are not at the goals that you wanna be at, then believing that you do not have a limiting belief is actually your limiting belief. And identifying your limiting belief is individual to each person. And it's based upon what goals you really want to achieve. So if you want to dive into this with me more one-on-one, let's do that. 
I do offer free 30-minute coaching sessions where we can one-on-one uncover your beliefs and also begin to work through them and change them. Step two, shatter your limiting beliefs. Once you have identified your limiting belief, you have to dismantle it and create a new belief to take its place. You have to tell your brain what to focus on and what is important. In order to do this effectively and to make sure it sticks long-term, you need to link pain, doubt, or vision to your limiting belief. Here is how to create pain around your limiting belief. I know that sounds crazy, right? Like who wants to create pain? But stay with me here. Imagine what your life is going to look like in five years if you do not accomplish that goal. Why do you want to accomplish that goal? Create doubt around your limiting belief. Ask, where does this belief even come from? Is this true for everyone? Is this limiting belief serving my ideal future? Create a vision around shattering your limiting belief. Many people think, what if I fail? But instead, ask yourself, what if you fly? What if you slay that goal? How could that change your life? Once you have dismantled your limiting belief, you have to replace it with something else. And this is where creating strong affirmations is important. You create an affirmation and you repeat it any time that that limiting belief creeps into the back of your mind. Number three, set huge goals. Remember I told you to dream unrealistically? I want you to ask yourself, is this goal going to marginally improve my life or is it going to exponentially expand my life? If it is only going to marginally improve your life, you probably need to set a bigger goal. Detach yourself from the outcome. Do not base your worth on whether or not you can achieve the goal. Goals should not be set to achieve. You set goals to stretch yourself. And ultimately what happens is you end up achieving more than you could have ever imagined. So first things first, if you find you are not being productive in your life and goals, ask yourself, what do I believe? Is this belief serving me in my future or limiting me? Then identify your goals and ask yourself, is my goal big enough? Does it make me want to scream a little or cry? If it doesn't, it's probably not big enough. Okay, let's move on to the second thing that is destroying your productivity, perfectionism. Tony Robbins said that perfectionism is the lowest standard we can set for ourselves because it guarantees pain. Perfectionism is the creator of overwhelm. And when we are overwhelmed, we often procrastinate, which kills our productivity. Now, Procrastination is just a coping mechanism for stress. We procrastinate because something in our life is causing stress. Often that stress we are procrastinating to avoid is the stress of perfectionism and the unrealistic expectations that we have set up for ourselves. So what happens when we set perfectionism as the standard? Well, analysis paralysis is one thing that can happen. And that's when you spend so much time and energy analyzing what is the best way to do something that you never get started in the first place. I read a quote on Instagram yesterday and it said something like this. Anything worth doing is worth doing wrong. And at first I was like, wait, what? But then it really, it did make sense. If it is worth doing, it is worth doing now. 
And if you do it now without overanalyzing the how, you may end up doing it wrong. And that's okay. You can always switch gears. Failures only serve to teach us lessons and provide us with wisdom that we would not otherwise have. So stop overanalyzing the how and start doing. Another thing that happens when we set perfectionism as our bar is we try and then we fail. And that in itself isn't a bad thing, but what happens is that we then view ourselves as a failure because we failed. We link our identity to that failure. We begin to internalize failure as our identity, and that, that is dangerous. The third thing that can happen with perfectionism is that we achieve and achieve, but we are never happy. Perfectionism keeps us jumping from one peak of accomplishment to the next without ever feeling truly satisfied. All of these things kill productivity. How productive can you be if you never start? How productive can you be if you quit after you fail for the first time? If you're never happy or satisfied, does it even matter how productive you might be? So how do we overcome perfectionism? It is simple. Start doing. Stop overanalyzing. Stop overplanning. Stop shooting all over yourself and take action. Choose action over inaction. Choose messy over perfect. Choose done over perfect. Choose failure because with failure comes valuable lessons and wisdom. Take the island and burn the boats. You have probably heard that saying, right? Perfectionism will no longer be an option when you do that. Last, but certainly not least, the third thing that is killing your productivity is multitasking in your to-do list. I will now give you a second to pick yourself up off the floor because yes, those things that we thought were actually helping us are actually killing your productivity. And now I'm going to ask you to be open-minded. Remember that limiting belief thing? And when you are introduced to a belief that disagrees with your internalized beliefs, your brain immediately starts looking for a story to prove your belief? Yep, you are going to gut reaction do that right here. But stay with me. Let's talk about multitasking first. I know that if you multitask on the regular, you think you are good at it. I know if you are a mom, you think you are good at multitasking too. And I thought so too, until I was proven wrong. And now I am going to prove you wrong too. But first, let's talk about the difference between multitasking and diffuse awareness. Diffuse awareness is that thing that all moms have. You know, the one thing where we can see what is behind us or we know what is going on in the other room? That's diffuse awareness. Diffuse awareness allows us to be aware of multiple things at a time, but true multitasking is impossible to be effective at. This is going to be a little harder on a podcast because I did this in a live class, but humor me, stay with me, and we will get through this together. I am going to do this too, and I about bet 100% that I'm gonna replicate the exact results from what we did in my live workshop. So here's what we're gonna do. Number one to four on a sheet of paper. I guess first grab a sheet of paper and a pen. And then number one to four. On line one, when I say go, we are going to write multitasking is a myth. 
We're gonna write that on line one. Not until I say go. Ready? Go. Okay, now line two. Again, when I say go, we are going to write out the numbers one all the way to 20 on line two. When I say go, ready, go. Okay, now lines three and four. Here's what we're gonna do. When I say go, we are going to write multitasking is a myth on line three, just like we did on line one. And on line four, we're gonna number one to 20, just like we did on line two. But here's the thing, you have to jump back and forth. So for example, you are going to write M on line three and then jump down to line four and write one. Then back to line three and write the U. Then down to line four and write two, so on and so forth. So you're gonna jump back and forth until line three says multitasking is a myth and line four has the numbers one to 20 written. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Still writing, still writing. I know you can't see me, so I'm still writing. Ugh, I'm making a couple mistakes. All right, so now that we did that, how did it feel when you were jumping back and forth? Did you feel productive? Did you get confused? Did you make mistakes? When you look back at line one compared to line three, is line three a little bit messier? Yep. Was it confusing? Did it take your brain some time to switch back and forth? This exercise is how I'm going to prove to you that you are not as good at multitasking as you think. Here's the thing. It took only eight seconds to write line one. It took about nine seconds to write line two. That is a total of 17 seconds. Are you ready for this? It took 54 seconds to write lines three and four. That is three and a half times as long. And it is not as good, I guess you could say. It's not as neat not as perfect. I know we're not striving towards perfection, but this shows you that when you focus on one thing at a time, not only do you get that thing done much quicker, but you do it better. You do it with better quality. So can you multitask? Absolutely. But it is destroying your productivity. Rather than multitasking, focus on one task and one task only for a specified amount of time. The other thing that goes along with multitasking that is totally killing your productivity and something that you probably think is actually helping is your to-do list. Now, to-do lists are not bad in themselves, but it is how we treat our to-do lists. Who has ever written something on your to-do list that you have already done just so you can check it off and feel accomplished? I am raising my hand right now because I know I have done this. The truth is, most of the time, with our to-do lists, we push off the most important tasks for the trivial crap that we can easily check off because that is what makes us feel better. But it is not productive. Plus, 
To-do lists do not allow you to live in the present because you are always worried about the undone things on the list. So how do we stop using our to-do list like this? It's easy, but I know what you're thinking. If I stop writing stuff down, I'm going to forget a lot of things. I can see it now. I will probably forget the kids at daycare. That's how much I rely on my to-do list. But here's the thing. I am not saying stop writing things down. What I am saying is let's revise how we think about and treat our to-do list. First of all, you have to eliminate your completion mindset. The truth is you are never going to have it all done. There will always still be something left to do. Second, instead of working from a to-do list of all the things that need to get accomplished, let's focus on a results-driven massive action plan. And here's how you do that. First of all, ask yourself, what is the result that I want today? Not what do I need to do today, which automatically triggers overwhelm. Once you have determined your desired outcome for the day, you're going to brain dump all of the actions that you could take to achieve that result. Now, circle the top five actions that will get you to your desired result the fastest. Then prioritize those one to five. And what you are likely going to find is that those tasks that you ranked a high priority, those tasks are probably the important tasks the ones that you have been avoiding in favor of the easier trivial tasks because those easier tasks are the ones that you've been prioritizing because they are easy to check off. Now, I want you to practice what has been termed success completion. Of those activities that you have identified as priorities, ask yourself, how much time will each one take? Then cut that time in half and go take massive action. There is a principle called the Parkinson's principle, and that principle states that whatever time you give to a task to complete, that is the amount of time it will take you. We are capable of completing tasks in so much less time, though, than we often give ourselves credit for. So stop overanalyzing and start taking action. You will achieve so much more in half the time You will likely even surpass your goal, plus be super productive because you will have focused on the most important task first. If this is something that you struggle with, I highly suggest you read the book, Eat the Frog by Brian Tracy. The book is focused on helping you, quote, eat the frog or do the least appealing task on your to-do list first. Because remember, the least appealing task is usually the one that will drive the greatest results and get you closer to your goal. When it comes to being productive, it is not about getting the most done as quickly as possible. It is about getting the most important things done as efficiently as possible. When you do this, you will see your life transform. You will trade in your feelings of anxiety and overwhelm for feelings of accomplishment and pride. You will have more quality time to spend with your family. You will have more time to enjoy the rewards of your hard work. So let's recap. Let's redefine our beliefs. Let's set huge goals. Forget perfectionism. Stop multitasking and start ditching your to-do list for a game plan that is results-driven and focuses on taking massive action. Let's do this together.
We are ditching the busyness. We will no longer wear busyness as a badge of honor. Say it out loud. I will no longer wear busyness as a badge of honor. We will embrace productive action and begin to make massive progress in our goals so we can live the life that we have always dreamed of. Thank you for chatting with me today. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Top Knots and Double Shots podcast. Before you go, I would love to hear from you. If you loved what you heard today, I would so appreciate it if you would drop me a review. And if you had any mega takeaways, share them with your friends, your neighbors, heck, anybody. Share them on your Instagram and your Facebook stories too and tag me at Partying With Twins. Until next time, ladies, keep your top knots high and your coffee hot and love the life you're living. 